Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. And we are continuing our deep dive into the blockchain. Um, last week, we had an opportunity to speak to Seth Shapiro, who's a strategist in the media and technology industry. And Seth, of course, laid out sort of the groundwork of um, what blockchain is is really all about. Um, and now we're going to get a little deeper into talking to um, experts and professionals who are really spending all their days um, in, in the blockchain, with the blockchain, thinking about it and exploring it further. So today we have the fabulous James Bassnett, who is the blockchain practice lead for SoftVision. Let's have a hand for James Bassnett. <laughs> Thanks, what a, Lori. How are you? What a crazy, crazy wild audience. Um, I am doing well. I am, um, you know, I've been really taking this deep dive into blockchain and being excited about the opportunities to come. So maybe first set the stage by telling us about yourself and soft vision and what your role is there. Sure. So uh, like you said, I am the blockchain practice lead at SoftVision. Uh, SoftVision is a really great company, um, and, you know, we're a digital transformation company. We've got 18 studios around the globe that are dedicated to helping brands uh, across verticals create digital experiences. So we've got customers like Goldman Sachs and Groupon, and we, we help them kind of figure out their technology roadmap uh, and then help them build it. Wonderful, and and that can um, does that go from strategy to implementation? So you're not only telling them how to do it, but then you're building it for them. Absolutely. So we think of ourselves as a true partner. Uh, we're we're doing a lot of uh, leading design and development of digital products, but when you're in that space, the nature of it is that you need to understand what's coming down the pipeline as as a true partner. So we are working with all of our customers to understand the technology uh, landscape and how it's going to impact their business um, and some of the products that we're developing for them today. And blockchain is, you know, probably the the hottest technology in terms of of interest um, and in terms of uh, economic growth right now in the emerging technology sector. So we are doing what we can with our partners and our customers to understand the blockchain space and to try to figure out how to get the most out of it. And I, I love in your um, bio, and we were just talking about this offline, that you say you are a futurist who's traveling between the years 2018 and 2038, and you focus on the synthesis of human and technology systems and helping organizations map emerging technologies to their future states. So have you always been a futurist? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, uh, I'm not sure I've really had a choice. I've absolutely been drawn into this amazing world of technology. And I think that what we've certainly started to see over the last decade is an acceleration. Um, we know that the Internet has really disrupted just about every industry, and it's disrupted family life at home and the way we connect with our loved ones. Um, and I, I think that there's just this, this general belief that technology is, is here to stay. It's an integral part of who we are now as, as people and as societies. And there's more and more interest in trying to develop these technologies moving forward. So what I've found is uh, I continue to 
connect with companies and groups of people that are thinking about the future, that are actively looking at ways to design and develop a better tomorrow, uh, using some of the technology that we have today, but also envisioning technology that has yet to come uh, into fruition. So um, I, I, I think that, you know, my... My position as a futurist in life is very much connected to the work that I'm doing at Soft Vision today with blockchain. We're really taking a deep look at economic systems and how they impact the people around us and how we can use technology to improve those situations. And when, when you came aboard on blockchain, so um, I'm just reading your bio, and you were previously um, chief strategy officer at Momentus, which was acquired by Soft Vision. Um, and you were in, in a role of strategy, helping, again, guide clients there. Um, you were an innovation lab and product studio. How did you come from there to, uh, you know, being given this title with blockchain in it, which is significant when you think about it, because nobody really even knew what blockchain was two years ago. So how did that happen that, um, you know, your role so specifically um, came about? Well, you know, blockchain's actually been around for about 10 years now. Um, you know, the, the first blockchain application developed was, was Bitcoin entering around 2009 as a response to the global uh, economic crisis. And uh, I think it, it's been a technology that I've been looking at for about a decade and um, trying to understand its implications. Uh, at Momentus, uh, we had so much fun at Momentus. Momentus is, is really a, an innovation lab where we would marry some, some market strategy with product design and development. And we were often working with Fortune 500 customers to develop uh, new emerging technology products. So that could be something that's in virtual reality or augmented reality. Um, and sometimes we would take a look at things like blockchain. When Momentus was acquired by SoftVision last year, uh, SoftVision really, you know, when we got a chance to meet, they saw a lot of talented people in our Momentus team, and they saw a lot of uh, wonderful thinking about how to marry design and development, which is very much part of the ethos of SoftVision. So it's been a perfect marriage from that standpoint. And within the Momentus Innovation Lab, we're, we're really trying to get a sense of how to solve human problems. And we've got a, a really great set of tools and practices that we use to take what we see as a problem or an opportunity within some sort of human interaction, and then we map it against different technologies that are out there today that might be able to improve that human experience. So well, I love that. Where, where blockchain comes into the mix there is, is really it's just that, that next emerging technology that might be able to solve some of, some of these human problems that we're looking at. And yeah, and what I meant by just the last two years is that nobody was really talking about in terms of popular conversation and even in business uh, in businesses that didn't specialize in sort of infrastructure. Nobody was really talking about Bitcoin and blockchain until, you know, the recent years, um, which is why, um, you know, when I hear about people whose role has been just that, it, it's just, you know, so, so, so interesting. Um, so can you give us, you know, sort of um, an explanation maybe of some clients that you're working with who are who are leveraging blockchain in a way that's interesting? Absolutely. Well, the way that the, this role, this blockchain role has, has grown is in many ways based on market demand. Um, 
We deal with a lot of uh, brick-and-mortar retailers who have taken deep steps into uh, the technology realm um, around e-commerce. And there is a lot of interest in how blockchain can help retailers with uh, supply chain management, with customer profiles and loyalty programs, as well as whether cryptocurrencies are something that need to be integrated into e-commerce and, and point-of-sale systems. So in many ways, it's driven by our, our retail portfolio, and we get a chance to work with uh, great companies like Macy's and Estee Lauder and Kohl's and Groupon. And there's, there's an interest in, in blockchain that we're finding uh, across our whole client portfolio um, because it, it does appear to be such an impactful technology. So everyone is, is trying to trying to make sure that they are taking a look at blockchain and how it might impact their business moving forward. Yeah, I love that. It's funny to me, too, that, um, you know, you have to look at this not only from the enterprise side, but to your point on the Bitcoin side, from the consumer side, like, will consumers be willing, you know, to dig in and use Bitcoin you know, as a financial walleting solution on their side. I mean, it's one thing to leverage blockchain and all the different variants of solutions that come from it on the enterprise side. But, you know, will consumers, you know, really uh, be comfortable, um, you know, playing in this space? And um, I know I have a lot of friends who are deep in it and then a lot of friends who think it's, um, you know, just a big Ponzi scheme. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on the cryptocurrency side, I mean, um, on the infrastructure side, obviously blockchain is real, but but it's just really interesting to see how it's going going to um, split off enterprise and consumer. Yeah, I I feel like we're experiencing a bit of hysteria around the technology, and unlike our other emerging technologies, you know, like, when we look at the you know the Gartner hype cycle and where we live on that as it relates to blockchain today, uh, you know, recently we had virtual reality, I think, was, was this technology that popped up that everyone was starting to talk about and think about how it might, you know, impact their work and the way that they experience life at home. And um, it wasn't really attached to money, whereas blockchain uh, has grown out of a money system. So we've got a lot of people that have opinions, that are investing, that think it's Ponzi schemes. Um, and it's really just a huge mix. You know, everyone from the, uh, the clerk at the, um, at the coffee house, uh, all the way up to the CEO of, you know, a, a Fortune 100 fintech company. They, you know, they need to have this opinion on, on blockchain and Bitcoin and how it's going to impact kind of the world. So um, it is impacting a lot of people's lives, and I think that there's lots of fun conversations that coming out of it. Oh, that's great. Uh, hold on. Before you before you dig deeper, James, because I can tell there's good stuff coming, we need to take a little break. And when we come back, we can go into some specific case studies about how you, you see this um, all rolling out, because um, it's so interesting to hear what real companies are doing, and it helps land the plane for everybody. So we're going to be back in a moment with the fabulous James Bassnett, who's the blockchain practice lead at SoftVision, and who's really... Um, solving the world's problems with emerging technologies. We'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back with James Bassnett, who's the blockchain practice lead at Soft Vision. And James is leading us in another great conversation about blockchain, where we have our month-long series on understanding what this is all really about. And James is just going to give us an example of sort of some of the hysteria around cryptocurrency, which is really the first sort of solution that came out of the blockchain. Um, you were going to tell us a story about crypto kittens. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's Crypto Kitties, and it is uh, a wonderful venture out of Vancouver from a firm called Axiom Zen. And Crypto Kitties is an exploration about uh, how we could take digital goods and experiences, put them on the blockchain, and then uh, buy, sell, and trade them. And with Crypto Kitties, you can. You know, you can acquire, you know, the big fat cat. Um, you can own that digital good. It can grow in value, and you can help breed it. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a really interesting use of the technology to track, you know, the authenticity of a good, whether that be digital or physical. Um, the interesting thing that I've found about CryptoKitties is when they launched it, there was so much demand that it started to impact the Ethereum markets because it's built on the Ethereum blockchain. And that is having uh, economic shocks on some of the transaction processing costs uh, with our you know, corporate customers that are using Ethereum as well. So can you, can you just um, explain to us, so there are different... Um, there are different cryptocurrencies or or blockchains that are are involving crypto. So Ethereum is one of them. Um, what are some of the other ones, and how how does what does that all mean? Well, the first one was was Bitcoin, and it is uh, really you know it's kind of evolved between a store of value um, and and a cryptocurrency that's being used for a number of different purposes. Out of that grew a few other ones. So we've seen Ethereum, and Ethereum is uh, built to focus on smart contracts, the idea being that anybody could use blockchain technology for any kind of smart uh, contract interaction. And from there, we've seen uh, some other popular ones come out, uh, including Ripple and including Stellar. And there's a tremendous number of ICOs you know, uh, initial coin offerings that have um, blossomed out of the last 18 months as companies look for non-traditional ways to raise capital. 
Ah, okay. And when so then with CryptoKitties, you were talking about watching something grow. So what are you actually referring to? So uh, what people can do with their Ether, um, you know, so the Ethereum cryptocurrency, is they're able to, uh, you know, purchase kittens off the platform, and <laughs> then they hold them. And if, if somebody wants to, to buy them a year from now and it's worth twice as much, you can sell that, uh, that blockchain kitten for what would be a profit. Uh, you also have the ability to breed your kitten with other kittens uh, to create new species. Um, and if somebody wants that, uh, it might have a, a greater value. Um, you know, and we've seen some of the stuff happen in Pokemon Go. People are very interested in, in digital goods and uh, digital toys. So if somebody wants it and the demand goes up, then you're going to make more money off of it, which we've seen with CryptoKitties. So it's not actually anything physical. These are digital kittens that live inside of this blockchain world and that people are holding on to as an asset. Because that just sounds Absolutely. cray-cray, but I know it's real. <laughs> you know, it, it but is it is real. It, and um, I love the contrast between how strange that might seem to people and then the reality of some of the big corporations around us who are using blockchain to solve their real-world problems. Uh, Starbucks uh, just announced that it's doing a blockchain pilot to track coffee beans through its distributed network of farms. Um, so it, you know, how really is it going to do that? Kind of play how, in all how, corners. How, how will it do that? Like, how, how will that manifest? Well... The, the blockchain is a you know a record of transactions. It's 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 a log of of different transaction based interactions that are occurring. So in the supply chain, blockchain really helps us create a distributed record that everyone can trust. Of let's say how Starbucks coffee beans move from a farm in Guatemala through the supply chain and to its distribution centers and then to its stores in the United States. Um, at each point along the supply chain, the blockchain is recording where the beans were, which farm they came from. So that way uh, we can prove the authenticity that, you know, these were the right types of beans from the right farm at the right time. Um, and this starts to play out, I think, in Starbucks world around uh, some of the issues about fair trade and you know, what's actually happening with the supply? Because I, I think it, if, if you look at a company like Starbucks, they are dealing with such volume of coffee beans and such a vast network of farms around the world, it's very difficult to have a an accurate depiction of where their products are kind of coming from that they're serving to their customers. Uh, it's, so, it's so fascinating. So that means that the people in that chain of events, all the people along the points of moving that bean to the U.S. have to be trained in how to use that ledger, right, and how to use the blockchain itself. Well, what's, what's really important is that the blockchain is set up and that the different distribution points along the supply chain are feeding in, you know, there's the, the appropriate digital trigger so that the information is appended to the blockchain. It's never something that's um, taken care of manually by people across the supply chain, um, unless you're thinking about, you know, the farmer at the end who's packaging these beans up and putting it onto, onto a delivery truck. As long as there is a, is a digital point um, at the beginning of that supply chain, we're able to start recording 
this information onto the blockchain, and it's immutable. It's something that everyone along the supply chain and the blockchain can trust. And it is something that Starbucks is piloting to try to understand whether this is going to give them greater levels of transparency and efficiency when trying to understand their supply chain. Um, and it, it is, you know, one of their first moves into this space. They know that it is a powerful technology and that they need to invest in understanding it and its implications. So this may not be something that solves all the supply chain issues uh, a year or two years from now, but at the very least, they'll know whether the, the technology has the kind of value that they're looking for. Is it going to feel different, though, to that guy at the beginning of the digital input? Is he going to know I'm just logging on to the Internet or or this is different, I'm logging on to the, block, um, the blockchain? Like, is it is going to be a different experience? No, it won't be. Uh, there's just going to be some sort of digital trigger at the beginning. So that could be a barcode that's being scanned, or it could be a serial number that's being input into some web-based system. Um, people along the supply chain really won't feel it at all because it's, it's, it's a database log that kind of underlies all these other interactions that are going on. And why do you think right now it's becoming popular chatter? You know, like, obviously, I'm doing a, a series of interviews about it, and it's in the news all the time, and we have so many colleagues who are, you know, creating new businesses around this. Like, wh- why is it right now? Just because the tech has finally landed, you know, or is it just because we need this? We need something better than what we have. Well, it really is a beautiful technology in the way that it has been constructed. And I think that what we've seen with Bitcoin is that it's proven that it works. Um, it's proven that we can't really hack into it and we, we can't really destroy it and that it will hold value as, as long as people are uh, perceiving it to have value. So what, we are, what we're seeing is that it is, it's, it's decentralizing a lot of the processes that we have today. We know that we've got a lot of technology out there. We've got a lot of people all around the planet that are interacting with each other and different systems along the way. And because of the way that the blockchain is built, it's really structured in such a way that we can always trust the information from the other parties that is being recorded onto the blockchain. It is allowing us to remove middlemen, and it's allowing us to refine our processes so that we can make them more efficient. And... You know, that, that sounds kind of like a holy grail of technology where we're starting to remove middlemen. It means that, you know, you're either able to sell goods at, at better prices or you're able to make uh, greater profits as a company because you're more efficient. Um, if you are multiple parties dealing with a decentralized system, you can trust that all the other parties um, and the information attached to their interactions with you are accurate. So it's it's potentially fundamentally changing a lot of our different economic systems. Is it going to uh, cause, you know, the increase in jobs or the decrease in jobs? Because you talked about eliminating middlemen. So it'll get more efficient. Does that mean like so many things that are going on in our job market that, that you know, it'll be below the API, you know, layer and, and we'll, we'll lose all those, those other folks? Well, I, I see blockchain as... as part of a, a broader movement of, of automation, right? Um, by removing some of, some of these centralized uh, processes, we make things more efficient, we make them more autonomous. And 
I think that at the moment it's creating jobs. We're able to see people with blockchain in their job title. We've got blockchain software developers. Um, so in the, in the short run, we are creating jobs with it. Uh, in the medium to long term, I'm starting to see what is exponential job losses while we continue to only have linear job growth. Um, this is up for debate, and it's something that stimulates conversations around universal basic income. Um, but I, I really think that, that, that blockchain is going to be one of these forces that, that feeds into exponential job losses over the medium to long term. Yeah, and then then businesses will evolve anyway because of its efficiency, so then that may indeed create other opportunities, which is the exciting part. Like if we get more efficient, then we can spend time and thinking on other things, right, which you, which you hope, you know. Absolutely. Uh, I and that, that's I the exciting gap. part. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, see, I see a gap uh, just in time, right? So if, yeah. if we start to unload... Uh, tens of thousands of jobs. It's going to take us time to build the economic systems to allow people to become more entrepreneurial um, and to allow new companies to spawn off. But um, you know, this is—it's really up for debate. It's—it's it's, it's something that that I'm just seeing, and I think that we need to work together and start a conversation around how we're going to support people in uh, helping them grow businesses, but also stimulate new types of education for investments into the knowledge economy when we see this wave of automation start to really impact job losses. Uh, that's that's awesome. All right, well, we're going to be back in a moment. We have to take a little break. We've been talking to James Bassnett, who is the blockchain practice lead of SoftVision, who's, who's actually, you're the first person I've met who has blockchain, like, officially in their title. So I think that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but also really helping us to understand what the opportunities are going to be for all of us um, in this exciting new world. So we're going to be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. And we are back on the Tech Cat Show digging into the blockchain. Um, as part of our month-long series, we've been talking to James Bassnett from SoftVision, who heads up the practice there for blockchain, and he's been dropping insights on how this is all going to play out. And so we were just talking about will there be job losses or job gains with all this efficiency? And I know you had some examples of how some of this is going to play out. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do worry about the macroeconomic trends and as that relate to job losses. But uh, right now what we're seeing uh, is, is a lot of new job profiles that are popping up, a lot of entrepreneurial ventures that are popping up that are specific to cryptocurrencies as well as the blockchain. Um, I'm seeing people in policy. I'm seeing event producers. You know, I, I recently was at South by Southwest. We were moderating panel there on blockchain within the retail sector. And there was a side conference called Crypto Summit, which was a collection of cryptocurrency uh, entrepreneurs and event attendees. Um, and the group that put it on is called Crypto Friends. And they're out of San Francisco. And they are building these boutique conferences to try to help the crypto community grow and learn from each other um, and to teach people who are outside about the advantages of being attached to cryptocurrency ventures. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a great example of a new job. You know, you're an event producer for a cryptocurrency sector. And that never existed before, right? So that's something that's popped up in the last 12 months. Um, yeah. And we're seeing a lot of policy people and jobs that are growing, whether that's in the public or the private sector, people that are now having to take a look using an analyst eye at cryptocurrencies and at blockchain. So we're reorganizing some of our public sphere around understanding blockchain and its impact on our different governmental systems. Well, so it's impacting every business category, um, I including the, the government. So do you think that there'll be a lot of regulation that will slam down on all of this? I know there's a lot of chatter about that on the, on the cryptocurrency side, where I keep reading news reports about different countries shutting it down. Um, so how do you think that'll play out in the U.S.? Absolutely. Well, the SEC is certainly getting involved in a lot of the cryptocurrency space. They're taking a, a long, hard look at it. They are cracking down on ICOs because people are abusing ICOs, um, you know, as a Ponzi scheme, uh, as a scam to take money from people because there's so much interest and hysteria around Bitcoin. People have been building these ICOs and really defrauding others of their American cash. So I think that's why we're seeing a lot of governments step in. They want to make sure that they're protecting their citizens, and they don't want to let the technology run away with it. Uh, at the same time, we've got countries, you know, like Dubai. If you take a look at Dubai, there is a... Uh, a huge movement. They want to move blockchain into all of their uh, government services by 2020. So, I mean, that's a couple years from now. But what that will do is greatly impact their public sector and their municipal services, where they think they can run a lot of it in an automated fashion using blockchain technology. Cool. I, I, I love, I just love how, hearing about how it's going to play out in sort of, you know, all of these um, different worlds, right? Now, now, pretty much, you know, as we've been talking about it, blockchain can be applied to everything from the consumer side, and I know we'll get into another case study or two, but am I going to be personally aware that Starbucks or any of these companies are using the blockchain instead of how they used to do it, or will it sort of be invisible to the consumer. It'll just be that they, that that these businesses will be able to, to, to deliver better. I think for the most part it will be invisible because um, these are systems that underlie a lot of the standard processes we uh, see and use today. 
Um, you might see some price fluctuations from certain goods and services that are being sold more efficiently than they were before. Um, but there's going to be other types of products and services we purchase where we do see a fundamental change in the way that we're interacting with them. Um, one of my favorite blockchain projects is the Musicoin project, and it has been built to try to get more money into the hands of musicians who are creating music. I think today, if you put music out using Apple Music or using Spotify, uh, you're typically, as a musician, as an independent, um, you're going to get 70% to that dollar. If you are a part of a uh, professional uh, record label and there's a distribution arm, you can learn up to you know, as low as 16 cents on every dollar for the music that you're putting out there. With the Music Coin Project, they've really focused on using the blockchain to protect rights, but also make sure that the money is being distributed back to the musicians. So this might be something that uh, you are starting to make different music purchasing decisions in the future. You would really love to have that Dave Matthews Band CD, and you want to make sure that the band is getting as close to a dollar as they can out of the money that you're spending on it. Maybe you buy that album off of Music Coin instead of through Apple Music to make sure that you're protecting those artists. So it becomes a conscious consumption decision as well. Now, I remember reading, this was like literally two years ago, Emma Jean Heap was like, like one of the first musicians to, or at least publicized, that she was going to... Um, distribute her music on the blockchain is she involved with what you're doing or is that just an example of, of a forward-thinking musician I, that, that would be an example of a forward-looking uh, musician i'm not sure if mojin heap is uh, currently using the music coin project but it's very much the the same approach uh, we're going to take our digital files we're going to put them in the right uh, you know into the cloud attached to this blockchain um, and we're going to use that to protect the value that we're creating and make sure that we get as much money as we can for ourselves when we sell it to our fans that really want to listen to it. So it is fundamentally changing the economics of what it means to be a musician. You know, now you could potentially launch a Instagram account, get 10 million followers, and then just put a link there to your album, your digital album that's being distributed through Musicoin. You're getting most of the money for it. So we are skipping a lot of these traditional music industry systems around publishing rights and around record labels who are really the type of middleman that we were talking about before that might be replaced with blockchain type solutions. Ah, but somebody is going to have to build out all of this and get paid for it. So it's not like this is all going to be free. I mean, obviously, SoftVision is one of those companies that's that's helping to do that. So, so a musician will there will be still costs involved in all of this. It's just like everything else. But what you're saying is there's not going to be, you know, the uh, the people in the middle that pretend to be the industry. <laughs> and we don't really need them anymore. Exactly. So um, with a lot of the blockchain projects, the way that the entrepreneurs building them are taking advantage of the value that they're creating is if there is a coin attached to it, right? So music coin has a music coin. It is a cryptocurrency very much like Ether or Bitcoin would be. And it is the, the token that is being traded um, and bought alongside the music. Now, the entrepreneurs that are creating this uh, might have their own collection of those coins to start out with. You know, maybe it's 10 or 20% of what's in circulation. As they become more valuable, if their prices do fluctuate, 
then so do the assets that are held by the entrepreneurs that created the project. So it's really a mixed bag at the moment, and we're seeing a lot of different ventures take different approaches to how they're monetizing their blockchain ventures. Do you have, a, you know, a favorite case study, you know, that you're seeing right now or just, you know, an example of it that you think is like spot on? Well, I, I think that we are going to see a lot of our e-commerce companies and our brick-and-mortar retailers figuring out how to use blockchain in their supply chain. And it is starting to show itself, you know, the, the maturity is starting to show itself around companies like JD.com. Uh, JD.com, you know, they figured out how to use blockchain to solve some of their supply chain issues. But now they are taking the next steps to build consortiums and alliances of technology vendors and of uh, regulation groups to ensure that there are standards that are put around, uh, whether it's data management within the blockchain or it's how we are expecting each party within the system to present itself. So you know, this is the next step for blockchain in its, in its maturity cycle, is ensuring that we do have the regulation and the standards groups starting to formulate to figure out how to make sure that everybody is interacting with these systems in the same way. So I think that JD.com is a great example of where we see blockchain impacting a large e-commerce retailer today and the subsequent activities that happen in the public sector and within private uh alliances to make sure that we're moving the technology forward and it's something that we're going to see solve problems for a lot of different groups. It sounds like such a hopeful future when you when you put it that way um, and not that I'm uh, not a positive person but you know I just came out of a client meeting yesterday and we were talking about connected homes and there was so many concerns about hacking and security, is, is blockchain going to solve for some of that because it is so transparent? Well, at the core of blockchain is cryptography. You know, I don't think math has ever been cooler than it is right now with all of our SpaceX, SpaceX rockets going into, into orbit um, and uh, blockchain being spoken about in every corner. The cryptography that is at the core of it is really helping to protect our information. Um, how it's going to be attached to, let's say, IoT cameras in the home to protect us, um, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody that's trying to figure it out at the moment. I can't see a clear path to where it's going to protect you against all this IoT around you. Um, but it can be something, and it, it, it is showing signs of uh, protecting our personal data and as it relates to our Internet accounts, things like Facebook. I think at the beginning of the year, Mark Zuckerberg um, you know, he put a post out there. Basically, he has a challenge, an annual challenge of this year. He said he's going to dig deep into blockchain to make sure that we're starting to look at how we can use blockchain to protect your personal information and how it connects to your social networks. So if we can protect our social network information and then maybe we can protect some of our other consumer data, maybe that's taking steps in the right direction. So we worry a little bit less about what's happening in the world of IoT around us. Good, I love that. You just um, collectively um, solved the entire two-hour discussion that I was having. 
<laughs> yesterday with everybody about this because so many people are afraid to dive into new technology right now because of all these privacy and security issues. And so it, it's also almost a reinvention of the idea of what privacy and security is, right? You know, so with, with blockchain, now we're going to have a new sort of modality for what that all means. Absolutely. I mean, when, when we have these conversations with our customers, uh, the first question I always ask is, uh, if somebody is interested in, in using blockchain technology, is do you need it? Um, it is being, you know, I think it's being applied to a lot of different business problems, and it's not necessarily the right solution. Um, and when we look at the general fear around technology, uh, we do, I think it, it's appropriate for us to ask as individuals and as groups and communities about whether this technology is going to lead us down the right path. Uh, Facebook is a perfect example. We saw tremendous benefit in connecting ourselves with our families around the world and with our friends that we haven't seen since, you know, high school. Uh, and it's, it's shown a lot of value, but at the same time, it's been engineered in such a way that makes us addicted to it. And now it's taking our personal data and selling it so that we are now targets of election processes and campaigns that we had no intention of uh, providing our information to. So I think it's really healthy for us to be asking these questions. And if you're having two-hour discussions about protecting us from IoT, uh, I think, you know, good on you. Keep having those discussions. They're really healthy, and they're going to protect us against going down the wrong path. Awesome. All right, we have to take one more break, James, and then we're going to come back and maybe hear a little bit about what you see since you're traveling in the future within a 20-year period of time. <laughs> What's coming down the pike for us with all of this and what should we be thinking about? And then maybe a little bit about how we can get in touch with you and Soft Vision to uh, stay connected to all the great work you're doing. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. More with James Bassnet, Blockchain Practice Lead at Soft Vision. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. 
Hi, everybody. We've been talking up the blockchain with James Bassnett, who is the practice lead for blockchain at Soft Vision. And James has been really, I mean, I, I can't tell you how much calmer I feel right now about our future because the way that you're helping us understand the blockchain is it, it really is exciting. It's not this scary, evil, matrixy thing, but it's actually a very practical evolution of, of our systems. Um, and I think it's going to eventually, you know, eventually really solve a lot of problems and create more opportunities. So is, is there some um, vision that you have as a futurist for where this is all going to go and what your focus is going to be um, in it for soft vision? Certainly. Well, I think that we are seeing so much excitement and from new groups of people, and it's stimulating exciting conversations about our uh, currency systems and the way that we manage our governments. And this is, this is really, really good stuff. And we got to continue these conversations going. we got to keep building groups and ideas uh, because I think we're seeing technology as a way of enabling a better world, you know, as, as an individual in our, in our family life but also as a citizen within the country that we live in, there's so many possibilities. When I look at blockchain, I think that there's a tremendous amount of hype and noise around it right now, um, especially because of the cryptocurrency uh, phase that, that we're going through now. It will settle. And I think that you know, blockchain is not going to solve or, or really change anybody's business drastically in the next year or so. But what we are seeing is that over the long haul, let's say over uh, a 10-year period, it could have a fundamental impact on businesses and on industry sectors. Uh, and first movers, those who really figure it out, uh, do stand a chance to, to take all the marbles. Uh, and I think that that's one of the reasons why all of our industry sectors and, and all of our major corporations are taking a deep look at what is this technology going to mean for us? Because if we're able to harness it properly, we could really launch ourselves in, into a new level of, of success. Um, or we have to make sure that if our customers, or sorry, our competitors figure it out first, that we are protected, that we're not going to be too slow a second or a third mover. So that's, that's really where we're seeing it. And at SoftVision, I mean, a lot of our blockchain conversations that we're having today are really, uh, they're educational first. So we are helping our customers understand the technology, where it is on that Gartner hype cycle, where we see it five years from now, 10 years from now. It's part of the process which we call future technology mapping. And from there, we take a look at the systems that they have in place today, and we break them down. And we say, where is there an opportunity for us to use blockchain here where it could have a material impact on your business? That's awesome. I love that future mapping uh, concept because it also operationalizes innovation, which is something I'm very passionate about myself is, is helping clients land the plane on something that can sound kind of fuzzy. Um, now, are you guys doing a lot of publishing? Um, you know, does SoftVision have some blogs or are there white papers? Or can can you give us some some insights as to where to go to, to um, absorb more of this thought leadership that you guys are doing? Absolutely. Um, we are really investing ourselves heavily now into trying to tell the stories about these emerging technologies and how to digest them and how to think creatively uh, with them. So if you go to softvision.com, you can take a look at, at some of our insights there and some of uh, our lab's thinking. Um, 
We have technology labs at SoftVision, which we use to incubate new ideas and new products for our customers. And within those labs, uh, we have a blockchain workshop that we are bringing some of our customers through and trying to figure out the opportunity there. Um, Systematic innovation is at the core of our labs. So we try to ensure that we are systemizing the conversation around emerging technologies and helping map what our current uh, consumer touch points today with their future state. We can draw that line and then we can start to figure out creatively how we're going to take advantage of where our customers and our economies are going to be years down the line. Ooh, that sounds so exciting. Um, so how, how do we find out more about it? Is it Soft, Soft Vision have a, a site for all of this stuff? Yeah, you just need to go to softvision.com and uh, in there, click on click on insights, and you'll be able to see our you know some of our blogs and some of our thinking. Um, we put out white papers every once in a while. Um, I think our most recent one had to do with retail technology and some of the technologies that are going to change the face of retail moving forward. So uh, that's where we try to collect some of our some of our thinking. Oh, how exciting. And you, James, are you tweeting, blogging, writing yourself about this stuff? Because you should be. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I'm working hard to uh, move some of our content forward with Soft Vision today, but you can can find some of those thoughts at um, Soft Vision. It's it's at Soft Vision in the Twitter space. And if you want to follow me personally, I'm putting blockchain and artificial intelligence information out there, and my handle is at James Basnett. Well, that's that's pretty easy. And, and just as like a final note, is there any um, resources out there that you can turn our um, listeners to to get ed- more educated about all of this stuff? Is there anything that you read daily or any, any um, influencers that you think are really important to follow in this space? Sure. There, uh, I find that the blockchain and the cryptocurrency space is, has really uh, exploded on Twitter. And most of the thought leaders in the space are, are tweeting about it on a daily basis. That's where they are connecting and teaching each other about it. So um, there is uh, a gentleman named Naval that's at N-A-V-A-L, and I'll share that with you after this, Lori. Um, he's certainly somebody who I find... Uh, to be mapping the future economies with the technology of today. Uh, he's, he's providing wonderful insights. Um, Don Tapscott is somebody that's written a book called The Blockchain Revolution and is regularly uh, putting uh, valuable insights out there into Twitter sphere. So um, I would start with those two and then just start to follow the people that they are retweeting because through them you can grow this organic network of uh, really, really educated creative people um, that'll teach you everything you need to know about blockchain. They're sharing the information every day. I I think just hanging out with you would help. (laughs) Well, we have been talking to James Fastnet, the blockchain practice lead at SoftVision, who's just been really setting the stage uh, for for what's going to happen with blockchain and really painting um, a picture of a really exciting future, I think. So I can't thank you enough, James, for joining us. This has been a really educational session, and I I feel... um, you know, much calmer about things to come. So thank you so much. It was a pleasure, Lori. I hope we get to speak to you again soon. 
And uh, everyone, check out softvision.com where you can hear more about what they're doing and all the great things that James shared with us and at James Bassnet as well on Twitter. Thanks, everybody. We're going to be digging more into blockchain over the next few weeks. And um, James has certainly put us on on a great path. So um, you'll be hearing from us again soon here on the Tech Cat Show. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 